0: God, we are grateful. Now, I'd like you to look at the devil and smile at him. Look at that sickness, smile at it. Look at that challenge, smile at it. Look at that obstacle, smile at it. You smile because you know there is an answer. You smile because you know you are victorious. You smile because you know that God is on your side. Look at the devil and smile into his eyes. Hallelujah! The sweet psalmist have set us on a very high pedestal this morning. And I quickly want to let you know to get ready... Because God is about doing something in your life that will make you smile for the rest of your days. That your amen is on admission. That your amen is paralyzed. Your amen is just waking up. church of God shout hallelujah Isaac I'm, I'm hearing your voice deep down in my spirit and you are singing this song you will, you will you will never ever change you are the Lord please come and lead us in that song let's worship the Lord together together with all our hearts. You will never ever The same yesterday, today, Lord, and forever more. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. mina lima me the Holy Ghost. Limi na koni na lo soita, Emra no koma kono, Limo na taite taite taite, Coco Limina Coda Elando Soporia ko Coda Yatani Limi na tani, sotania, Pray the Holy Ghost, Pray the Holy Ghost, Pray the Holy Ghost, Jenny na ita, Limi na I mean a Costa Sopani, yes, Cotanila, Sopalia. I call to thee, pray a thunder. I turn thee, yarima no say. I'm a naconi. I go da na goda busha. Be me ma to to to. I reckon to toonia. I'm a na ma na ma. I'm a na go da ni thani. I go da la. na so pania. I go da. Emanaso ye reva koda Emanatani yarabashini ado emeka doye tani na baroshai Lemanatani, kotha Emanatani ye godani la roza ye kothani ye kanosa pala Emanarosa ye katho kokoko you are the lord you remind us. You are the Lord. You remember the same. Thank you, Father. We are here today because we have the confidence that you never change. What you did yesterday, you are capable of doing it again and again and again. We know that you are here to reach out to us again. Even though you've done it before, we know you will do it in a greater dimension. Today, today, let this day be our day. Let this day be the turning point for somebody. Let this day be the, the turning point for somebody. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I'd like you to just put your hands together for Jesus. A thunderous clap for Jesus. Is that the best you can do for Jesus? Is that the best you can do for Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Please be seated. It's a privilege to bring God's word to us this morning. And I'm grateful for this opportunity. I want to appreciate God's servant, Pastor Lawyer, for his leadership and the grace of God upon his life. Amen. Today, you are about entering into your season of multiplication. You see, while our sister was welcoming us, and she took us to Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, one of the commands that God gave them in that verse of scripture is that they do what that they multiply they so be fruitful replenish the earth they said multiply and have dominion so multiplication is part of the commands that God has given to his people is is part of the mandate of man. It's part of the original mandate that God gave to man at the point of creation. So a season of multiplication is declared upon us today. So don't be surprised if you begin to see strange occurrences around your life from today. Don't be surprised when little, little things begin to change into great, great things. Small, small things begin to change into big, big things. Don't be surprised when little efforts begin to, to yield, you know, remarkable, remarkable results. Don't be surprised when little words spoken begin to bring in great harvest. Don't be surprised when little seeds Even seeds sown that have been forgotten, when they begin to come back in greater dimension, don't be surprised. It is because it is our season of multiplication. Can I hear a loud amen to that? So I like you to be alive. I like you to be sensitive. I like you to be awake. I like you to be strongly connected to the spirit of grace this morning. Because God is about activating a season in your life that you will never recover from. Not a seasonal season, but a permanent season. Amen? Every season is meant to be seasonal. Alright? But this season that the Lord is declaring upon you and I this morning, is a season that will last for a lifetime. Is a season that you will not be able to come out of until the end of your days on earth in the mighty name of Jesus. So I just want to lay the pedestal upon which we are going to run Into this season, I speak prophetically this morning by the grace of the Lord Almighty and by the help of the Holy Spirit that you are entering into a season of multiplication, you are entering into a season of unprecedented increase, increase in every area of your life, spiritually, physically, biologically, economically every area of your life will begin to experience an unprecedented increase because the catalyst of Jehovah is going to bring about the change that you have desired for long, in the mighty name of Jesus. So follow me carefully because the Lord has asked me, To give us some instructions this morning and as we apply our hearts to it, as we apply them to our hearts, this prophecy, this command of God, this, this cloud that has gathered over us will become a reality. As we begin to apply these issues to our lives, please follow me this morning carefully. I don't want to lose any of you. Make sure, make sure you are not distracted by anything in the course of this service. Because I am more than sure that God is about ushering you, is about ushering me into our seasons of multiplication. So let's begin. Matthew chapter 14. And let's begin to read from verse 15. All right, thank you for bringing it up for us. Matthew chapter 14, and we'll begin to read from verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert, a desert place. And the time is now past, past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals, food, Yes, go on, sir. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men. Beside women and children. Now, we have this same story in John chapter 6. So, give us John chapter 6 from verse 6. We have it in the Gospels. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this he said to prove him. For he, he, he himself knew what he would do. Please, take it. Let's start from verse 4. Let's start from verse 4, please. Yes. Yes. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Now, take note that in Matthew where we read, there were no specifics. Names were not mentioned. All right? Now, we are getting more details now in John. It is the same story. So, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread? That this may eat. And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him. Two hundred penny watt. Of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples. Andrew. Now another name mentioned. Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. Said unto him, there is a lad here, which had five barley loaves, and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as the wood. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remained, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments Of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now let's stop there. So it is our season of multiplication. And the story we have read in Matthew and John. For everybody that has been a Christian for a while. Is one of the most common stories in the Bible. Now you agree with me that this happened twice On this occasion Jesus fed 5,000 With 5 loaves of bread And 2 fishes On the other occasion Jesus fed 4,000 With 7 loaves Of bread Are we together? Now in both Occurrences The underlying truth there is that something unusual happened. There was a conversion of something very few to something very great. Now, even in your immediate family, a family of five, for example, I'm not sure that five loaves of bread, if you are to eat it in a day, will be sufficient for the whole family. And that is very peculiar to my family. Because whenever there is no bread at home, it is as if there is no food at home. So whenever I travel and I'm coming, I just shatter. I buy. I buy. Because those guys... I don't know what, 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 I don't know. But it's like bread is all that they are concerned about. You can't just travel without coming back with bread. Now, listen to me. Five loaves of bread, two fishes, were used to feed 5,000 people. Somebody say it is impossible. Say it to me. Say it is impossible. How can five loaves, two fishes, feed 5,000 at a go? It's an impossibility that is not possible. It is an occurrence that cannot be imagined. mathematically, it doesn't stand well. Scientifically, there is nothing you will do, you will, you will, there is no experiment you will do to prove that. Scientists are here. Because for every action there must be an equal reaction. So if there are five loaves of bread, you should be able to at least or at most Take care of five people. if they are to divide it to two. You know, for, there are people that eat very well. Some people can finish a loaf of bread in the morning. Yes, that's true. I've seen it. I'm not a fan of bread. So all those bread that I buy, most times maybe I just take like 1% of it. But I must buy. So follow me carefully this morning. Something unprecedented happened because even the disciples, if you are here and you don't believe what I'm talking about, eh, you are correct. It is, it is, it is normal. It is reasonable for you to disbelieve what I'm talking about. You know why? Because even people that sat side by side with Jesus, people that interacted and related with Jesus face to face like this, they didn't believe. Huh? Am I correct? I didn't believe. The disciples didn't believe. Philip was mentioned. You know, Philip Philip was indicted. Andrew too was indicted. You know, I have, I have a standing problem with Andrew. Right from time, I have, I have a standing problem with him. But, but Andrew is not my matter this morning. Leave Andrew to rest. So, They needed to feed 5,000. Now, this 5,000 is minus women and children. So the people there that day were more than 5,000. Do you agree with me? All right. Five loaves of bread for more than 5,000 people. Philip said, oh, God, it's not possible. It can't happen. We have seen you do miracles, but not this type. Andrew said, There is a small boy here, Sha. He has five loaves of bread and two fishes. Since we know that you are a very stubborn ogre, once you set your heart on something, you do it. Uh, There is a lad here. But even if we share this bread to them, he can't go around. But you see, a statement was made in the Bible. The Bible says, When Jesus asked them, how can we feed these people? It's not as if he did not know what he wanted to do. Are you with me? Now he knew what he wanted to do, but he threw it back at them. Many times God throws things back at you to see what your reaction will be. To see what your faith level is. To see what your belief level is. You see Jesus, somebody will come to him, I am sick! I am blind. Heal me. Like Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus cried, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him. Jesus said they should call him. When Bartimaeus came, Jesus started asking him again, what do you want me to do for you? Why did you call him to come in the first place? If you did not know what he wanted from you, then why did you tell him to come? You see, a lot of times, God prefers walking with you. He prefers walking with you. He's not the type of God that imposes things upon you. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. He will want you to cooperate. He would want you and him to be on the same page. So even though he had Bartimaeus, even though he knew what Bartimius wanted, he needed to be sure that they were on the same page. So, follow my story. He said, bring it! Collect the bread! Bring it here! And this is where our discussion starts from. Whenever God wants to bring multiplication into reality in the life of a man, there are things he begins to do in the life of that man. That's what I want to show you. Follow me, please. Follow me. Follow me. So, he said, bring the bread. At what point did he ask them to bring the bread? At the point they informed him that five loaves of bread were available. The people were hungry. There was nothing for them to eat. Only five loaves of bread were available. Two fishes were available. And Jesus invited them to bring the bread and the loaves of bread and the loaves and the the five loaves of bread and the two fishes. He asked them to bring them to him. Follow me. I want you to picture that bread as your life. Are you with me? I'm setting the, is it the rules now? The ground rules for this conversation this morning. The first thing I want you to do, picture your life or picture the bread, the five loaves of bread and the two fishes as you, all right? Let me tell your neighbor, maybe somebody is not understanding. Picture the five loaves of bread and the two fishes as your life. Tell him, tell him, preach with me this morning. Okay, your life, your life is the five loaves of bread and the two fishes. Because there were things that Jesus began to do to the bread and the fishes that we must begin to look at critically this morning if we must multiply. Listen, multiplication is not by declaration. There is no declaration that will bring about multiplication, when the foundational matters of multiplication are not addressed, when they are not in place, God is a God of process. God is a God of principles. So I will try to teach small, as much as I can this morning. So picture yourself as the bread and the fishes. So decide, we have five loaves of bread. So five loaves of bread we are available. We have two fishes. So two fishes, we are available. Listen to me. The first matter, I'd like to rest with you this morning by the grace of God, is that no matter how much God is interested in blessing your life until your life is available to him, he can't do anything. The first issue as we consider the matter of multiplication is the availability of your life. Is somebody with me? I'm not not in haste. Is somebody with me this morning? Can I see your right hand up if you are with me? Your availability is what matters to God first of all. Huh? Eh? Listen. Listen. God! It is not the anointed that God uses. It is the available that God uses. So even if you carry fire on your head like this, you are burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost and you are not available for God. God cannot reach you. Whenever he needs you, he can't find you. Whenever he desires to have fellowship with you, he can't find you. There's nothing he can do for you. So whenever God wants to move, he looks for what is available. Whenever God wants to do great things, he doesn't look for anointed people. He looks for available people. And that is why he said, if you if you refuse to praise me, what will happen? He will cause the stones will rise up in praise. That is what is available. So if it is a stone that is available, God will raise the stone to do what? To praise him, to glorify him. God doesn't use the anointed. What he does is to anoint the available. Because God cannot use any man without the anointing, without releasing his spirit into that man. So when God finds you readily available, he anoints you and uses you for what he wants to use you for. If you are hidden from God, God will be hidden from you. If you are not available to God, all the blessings, all the increase will be locked up. The question this morning, dear brethren, how available are you to God? Whenever God shows up, can He find you? And in Jeremiah, the Bible says, And I sought for a man, sought for a man. God was looking for a man and nobody was available. He found none. May God not be looking for men when you and I are in existence. May he find you and I available. Peter, James, Matthew, John, the disciples that did great things for God. That handed down Christianity to us. Were not great men at the beginning. They were not mighty men at the beginning. They were not men that carried fire at the beginning. They were ordinary fishermen. They were ordinary tax collectors. They were ordinary men. But Jesus found them available. And turned them into instruments that could turn the whole world upside down. Your availability matters to God. So. You hurt God. Whenever he comes, and say, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost for two, for two hours from 2 a.m. in the night. And you tell God, I want to sleep. I want to sleep. Anyone that is not available to Jehovah cannot find his favor. Be available. Be available on your duty post. Be available in your destiny. Be available on your post of duty. On your post of purpose. Be available. Be available. It is the life that is available that God multiplies. In the cool of the day in the garden of Eden, God walked into the garden as he would normally do every day to have fellowship with Adam and Eve, but on this day he came and they were not available. That unavailability sent them out of the garden. That unavailability brought curses on them. That unavailability brought a lot of stress on them. Be available. God wants to multiply your life in different dimensions. But you must be available. Tell your neighbor, you must be available. Be available to pray. Be available to preach the gospel. Be available. Be available to love people. Be available for evangelism. Be available for meetings. Be available. Be available. That is where it begins from any man that is not available cannot catch the attention of God it's not possible you want to multiply you want to experience this season of multiplication that God is bringing us into you must be what available you agree with me that even in your place of work if you are not available huh that business is likely to go down huh am i correct You have a business and you are not there to take care of it. You have not built structures to to take care of it, even if you are not there. That business will go down. In my place of work, we have a policy that if, as a staff, you are absent from work, the first day, no contact with the office. The second day, no contact with the office. The third day, no contact with the office. Of course, within these three days, We will be making an effort to reach you. If we are not able to reach you on the third day, your appointment with us is automatically terminated. It is written in your appointment letter, which you signed. So what is that saying? Once you are not available for three days, you are sacked. How merciful has God been to many of us, many of you that God has been calling, has been given instruction to, to do something for him for many years and you have refused to be available because you felt you must make money because you felt you want to be rich and all that. How merciful has God been not to have destroyed you? May another not take your place like Judas Iscariot. But the way it will not be forever. But listen to me. God has every patience, every capacity to wait for you all through eternity. But you don't have eternity to keep wasting time. Did did, did, did you hear that, that difference? God can wait for you forever. But you don't have forever to wait for God. You don't have forever to do what you are supposed to do. Do you have forever? You don't. One of these great boxers recently, I think it was Mike Tyson, that was saying, he feels he's getting close to his expiration. He feels he's getting close to his death. This was somebody that was, that was ferocious, that was, that was feared in the, in the boxing, uh, or what, uh, uh, whatever you call it. But he's feeling now that he's approaching the end of his life. You don't have forever. You don't have forever. But God can wait for you forever. But you don't have Forever. To do that thing that God wants you to do. Be available. That is the first step. Now give us verse 19 of that Matthew chapter 14. Be available. Even though the bread was not enough. Even though the fishes was not enough. As long as they were available. Jesus made use of it. You think you need, you need one very big anointing. You look at somebody that is preaching. And he's big. You know, some of these, some of these great men of God, great men of God, great men of God. Someone like, uh, uh, uh l- 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 let's say our, our middle-aged men of God, like Apostle Joshua Selman and, and the rest of them. I say, hey, I claim your anointing. Hey, I tap into your anointing. You don't tap into your anointing by words. Those men were, there was a time that they were not on this stage. There was a time that nobody knew them. There was a time that God would ask them to fast for 30 days and they would do it. There was a time that they were commonized and neglected. Nobody knew them. They were not available to men, but they were available to God. Listen to me. You must learn to stand before God before you stand before men. Any man that has no standing with God will fall flat before men. Can somebody shout hallelujah? I think I've overstretched that point. Now, verse 19 please. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And after the availability, the Bible says, and he took the five loaves and the two fishes. He took the five loaves of bread and the two fishes. He took it. I declare to you again that it is your season of multiplication. Can you say amen? Amen. But the first condition is that you must be available. And then we are seeing again the Bible says and Jesus took the five loaves. He took the two fishes. He took them. What does this mean? As we discuss this matter today, you must be takeable to God. If you are too heavy for God to take. If you are too heavy for God to possess. If you are too heavy for God to control. You are not a candidate for this multiplication. He took that. Has God taken you? I'm not saying you are not born again. I'm not saying you are not praying. I'm not saying you are not coming to church. I am saying, has God taken you? When you take something, what does it mean? It means you have power over it. It means you have it in your grip. It means you have possession of it. It means you have total control of it. The question the Lord is asking me to ask you this morning is this. Has he gained possession over your life? Is God in control of your decision? Is God in control of your plans? Is God in control of your aspirations? Is God, is, is God in control of your life? You want to experience multiplication? You must take note of these things. What he did to, do, to those bread and those fishes is exactly what he will do to you. Before you can enter into this season of multiplication, he took down. Some of you are here. You are still in charge of your life. You eat what you want, you drink what you want, you go where you want, you do whatever you want. God is not consulted before you take decisions. God is not consulted before you go to places. God is not consulted. You are in charge of your life. You are not a candidate for multiplication. You are making a marital decision. God is not in control. And then, in future, things begin to turn south, and you are now running back to God. One of my friends will say, you see, he will say that if you marry wrongly, the best we can do for you is to ask God to give you grace. You see all these things they are saying about if your husband uh, abuses you, inflicts injury on you, you divorce, you divorce, you divorce. All those social media messages, all those people on Facebook whose homes are broken but have turned to automatic counselors on marriage issues on Facebook and those are the people you are listening to, not the word of God they will help you. When there is abuse in marriage, when there is danger in marriage, of course, we encourage separation. Once you are married, there's no divorce but you can separate. Huh? The only ground that Jesus gave for divorce is infidelity. And that one was not a commandment. He didn't, he didn't say you must divorce if, if your spouse is, is infidel. I know people who are in marriages whose husbands are sleeping outside. Their husband will come back home and they will see lipstick stains on their, on their, they are not, they are not even hiding it from their wives. And they are still in that marriage. Even though they have every reason. To exit. Listen, if you don't marry right and you marry a husband that will taunt you, that will turn you to a, a, a punching, a punching bag. Are you understanding me? The best we can do for you is to ask God to give you grace. That marriage is forever. Divorce is only on the platform of infidelity. If there is abuse and there is danger, the church of God can encourage a separation, not a divorce. I'm sure it has never happened in Vine Branch where we encouraged a, a couple to go and divorce. you never hear it because that is not the word of God. So all those social media counselors who themselves are disorganized and scattered and battered in marriage and have become your counselor and they are the ones that you are listening to, they are leading you to hell. I'm sorry. Follow the Bible. Listen to me carefully, Because they are listening to me online. I don't know who is recording. And they may take it anywhere. The only ground for divorce is infidelity. Are you understanding me? If there is abuse, if your life is in danger, we can encourage separation. Nobody will encourage you to go and divorce your wife. Or your husband. Take it. If you like, don't take it. That is the truth. Go and study. up. If you like, you see, go and study, turn it upside down. It doesn't change. The foundation of God's word stands sure. Having this, let every man that it the name of the Lord, let him do what? Depart. Depart. So the only condition is to depart. There's nothing you do. There is no explanation you give that will change the standing of the word of God. So those of you that are not yet married, you are privileged. Take the right decision. Follow God. Consult God. And you won't have issues. Alright? They're advising you, or if your husband says, yeah, 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 yeah. get out of the house! And you are getting out of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run away! And you are running away. Is that what the Bible says? Huh? Why am I talking about marriage? I'm not qualified to talk about marriage until I'm 25 years old in marriage. So let me leave marriage matter. Amen. But I've seen small things, I'm 13 years old. So I've seen something small. Hallelujah. Yes, I told myself that until I'm 25 years in marriage, that is when I can begin to say some things confidently about marriage. Alright? Using mine as an experience and the word of God as a standard. He took them! Allow Jesus to take you. When Jesus takes you, you begin to soar on the wings of eagle because when he... God, he doesn't fly. Jesus doesn't fly. Jesus doesn't run. He saw us. When he takes you, every struggle comes to an end. Those things you are struggling to achieve. Those things you are struggling to to reach will become very easy. Because instead of you reaching them, they will now reach you. He took them. Give it to us. Our time is, is, is running very fast. He took the five loaves and the two fishes. And what did he do? The Bible says, looking up to where, please, to heaven. What was the first thing that Jesus did? Availability. What is the second thing that Jesus did? He took them. The third thing that Jesus did was that he looked up. He looked up. What did he do, people of God? He looked up. Can you shout it to me, please? He looked up to where? No, to a pastor. To man, Uh, to the president of Nigeria, Uh, for those of us that have been looking up, to the government of Nigeria, how far now, how far, those that have been looking up, they will do it, things will get better, things will get better, I trust him, a man of integrity, how far, You see, you know why Jesus looked up, ma? Let me tell you why Jesus looked up. When he carried the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked at it. He looked at the people. I think it was at that point that he actually came to it. You know, there is a point that when you are claiming faith, you are claiming faith, you are claiming faith, you come to a point where reality tears you in the face. I don't, follow me. You come, I don't know if it has happened to you. There is an impossible situation, and you have faith. You have faith. You keep pushing. You keep pushing. You come to a point where it appears, this thing will not work. Oh. This thing will not... Reality, I don't know. I have come to that point. I don't know about you, but I, I... is an experience in the journey of faith. Are you understanding me? You come to that point, reality stares you in the face. I believe that was what happened to Jesus. He stood before the people. Of course, he has assured them. You know, sometimes, by faith... You, you come to give testimony. You have not seen it. I've had people come to give testimony for what they are expecting God to do. It's not as if he has done them. Are, are you with me? <laughs> so, by faith, Jesus told the people to sit down, that, that they were going to eat. Uh, sit down, I have food. I have more than enough. Huh? Now, you know, sometimes in your house, it happens in my house, sometimes suddenly, unprepared for, visitors will just show up. And then, by then, Madame had already, you know, gone more than halfway in preparing food and all that and all that for the number of people. And suddenly people show up. And what she is preparing is no longer enough. Eh? And then suddenly she makes arrangements, add something, add something, or prepare something else for them. Because... What she is preparing is not enough. But she has something else that she can arrange. Now, this one, there was nothing else. The only, the only things available was the five loaves of bread and what? Two fish. There was nothing else. <laughs> it was an impossible situation. So Jesus stood there. He looked at the fishes. He looked at the loaves. He looked at the people. He said, no. This thing cannot work. Except there is something Extraordinary. There is no way this thing can work. So he looked at them again. He looked at what he he had in his hands. I know what he did. He remembered that there is one. There is one. That is able to make all things abound. He remembered. He remembered that there is one. There is one. That gave the commandment of multiplication. He remembered that there is one. That said he is able to supply all that we need. All our needs. According to his riches in what? In glory. So as Jesus stood there. And what he had in his hand was not sufficient. The word of God began to resonate in his hand. I am the owner of gold. I am the owner of silver. I own the whole world. I've got the whole world in my hands. And these things began to rung in the heart of Jesus. And suddenly he looked away from the insufficiency he looked away from the limitations. He looked away from the, from the obstacles. He looked away from the scarcity. He looked away from the lack. He looked away. He turned his eyes on heaven. Because the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He looked away from the bread. I have come to tell you today, look away from your insufficient life. What is it that is your limitation? What is it that is your shortcoming? What is it that are your failures? What is it that has put you down? You have ended up in focusing on them for years, for years. And you have been struggling to make them walk. Listen, you will not walk. What will work is the Lord Almighty. The one that sits in heaven. The one that is above everything. He's the one that will walk like Jesus. Turn your attention away from your life. And do what? Look up to Jesus. Lazarus. When Jesus came to the grave of Lazarus. What did he do? The Bible says he looked up. And he spoke to his father. and said, Father, I know that you hear me. Huh? And the expected miracle happened and it beat the imagination of everybody. He looked up to heaven. Look away from yourself. Tell your neighbor, look away from yourself. Come on, come on. Look away from yourself. You are not sufficient in yourself. You cannot do it by your power because it is not by power and it is not by might, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. Listen, Whenever God wants to do something in the life of a man, that which God wants to do will always be bigger than you. God will always put on you something that is bigger than you. Look at your life now. Some of the things you have achieved, some of you here will agree with me that there were things that you have achieved in your life that ordinarily you shouldn't have. Because of your size, because of your economy, because of your family background, Because of your limitations You shouldn't be able to achieve those things But because God came through Somebody say God came through Because God came through, you weathered the storm, you broke through the rocks, you blasted them open, and you reached out for what God, for what God has prepared for you. Those things that eyes have not seen, those things that ears have not heard, those things that have not entered the heart of man, I see you breaking through the rocks, I see you blasting through the rocks. In this season of multiplication, there shall be no limitation over your life. As you look up to him, as you look up to him, look up to him, fix your gaze on him. It may look impossible, but it is possible. Somebody said, it may look impossible until it is done. It may look impossible until it is done and it shall be done. He said, I will do a new thing he's a doer our god is a doer he's a doer he's an action god he said i will do a new thing that new thing is about breaking over your life in the mighty name of jesus an extension of better times as we heard two sundays ago it's a life of multiplication it's a life of exponential increase some things will begin to happen in your life That even you cannot explain. That is what is called a miracle. And that will become your experience from today. In the name of Jesus. Number one. You must be available. Number two. Jesus must gain possession of your life. He must take you. Number three. Remove your eyes from yourself. You you ask yourself. All the many years that you have been looking at what you can do. What have you done? all the years that you have been expending your energy what have you achieved looking up to jesus the author and the finisher of our faith let's run now as we as we begin to wind down give it to us he look looking up to heaven the bible says he blessed now that word blessed if you look at it in the niv version or in other translations it means he gave thanks yes They're all, yes. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, what did he do? He gave thanks. King James said he blessed. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. Number one, availability. Number one, carryability. Number three, what did I say is number three? You must look up to heaven. Number four, give thanks. Give thanks. The Bible says he gave thanks. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. He said, Lord, I know what I have is not enough, but I thank you. I know that this is what I asked for, but this is what I now have. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I am not ready to complain. Lord, I am not here tomorrow. Like the children of Israel. That will eat manna, eat manna, eat manna. And tell us, is is this the only thing that we are going to eat? I'm not here to complain like the children of Israel. That God would deliver from Egypt only to come to the the wilderness. And start murmuring. Lord, as little as it is. Lord, I do what? I thank you. Can somebody say, Lord, thank you. Can somebody say, Lord, thank you. My friend gave a testimony. He was not working. His wife was working teaching in a in school, private nursery school. So how much? Some of you now will be begin to reason. The salary may not be more than 5000 ten thousand. She worked for the whole month. I think her salary was 10000 The The guy was not working. So when she brought the salary home, she handed it over to her husband. The man collected it. He went on his knees and he said, Lord, thank you for this. This is the 10,000 you have given us from this month's work. Thank you for this. Because we know that with you, this 10,000 will be able to take care of us and those around us for the rest of the month. So the new month started and they began to move. They began to go. They began to go. People came for help. They were able to help them. From the ten thousand. They needed food. They were able to buy food from the ten thousand. They needed to pay Nepal bill. They were able to pay Nepal bill from the ten thousand. Now at the end of the month, when the other salary came, they took stock. They now sat. Let's even calculate how much we spent all through last month. By the time they calculated, they realized that they had spent over hundred thousand naira. That month, that all they had was what? Who told you that what you have cannot multiply? 10,000 fed them. Physically by the end of the month, they have spent over 100,000. A life of thanksgiving is a life of multiplication. Are you with me? A life that gives thanks must increase. God cannot neglect a man that gives thanks. Enough of complaint. Enough of murmuring. Enough of weeping. That which you have. Do what? Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Without which you have. And let me quickly tell you. God. God. In his way of doing things. He does not bless emptiness. You didn't get it. God doesn't bless emptiness. He doesn't bless in a vacuum. Go and check through the Bible. You must have something for God to bless. Huh? You must have something. Is it the Shunammite woman? Is it is it the woman whose husband died and the creditors were disturbing? What, what, what do you want to tell me? You must have something. There must be something. No matter how little. That is all God needs to change your life. Give thanks for what you have. Because it is a stepping stone onto something greater. It is a stepping stone onto something higher. It is a stepping stone into a greater testimony. Give thanks for what you have. Give it to us. Let's begin a round off. He gave thanks. What did he do? What was the next thing he did? Please church, what was the next thing he did? Please follow me. What was the next thing he did? Can you chorus it louder? He broke the loaves. They were available. He took them. He looked up to heaven. He gave thanks. He now broke the loaves. He broke the loaves. There was no way those loaves were going to feed 5,000. Until they were broken. He broke the loaves. Whenever God wants to multiply you. Whenever God wants to walk with you. Whenever God wants to do something great with your life. He breaks you. Oh, listen to me. This is the point where many of us miss it. God cannot succeed over an unbroken mind. God cannot succeed over a man that he has not broken in pieces. Whenever God wants to lift you high, he must break you. Brokenness! Brokenness is what the, the Lord desires from a man that he wants to move with. Brokenness. Unfortunately, you can be born again and you are not broken. You see? When you are born again, and there's still pride in your heart, you know what it means? What it means is that you are not broken. When you are born again, all right, and it is difficult to say sorry, and it is difficult to repent. When you are not, when you are born again, and you are not broken, God cannot work with you. People of God, give us some 51, verse 17. Psalm 51 verse 17, give it to us. He said, the sacrifices of God, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. He said, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, thou will not do what? Despise. You know what that means? What it means is that when you are broken, and you are contrite in your spirit, eh, even if God wants to look away, he can not look away your life will be so attractive to God. Even when he wants to walk away from your life, that brokenness, that contriteness will draw him back to you. Whenever God is moving in the midst of his people to bless them, you are the first person he will come to because of the brokenness of your heart and the contriteness of your spirit. Be broken! a aversion side. Because you have shattered my pride. The message version. Because you have shattered my pride. God resists the proud, but giveth grace to who? The humble. Be broken. He wants to do great things in your life in this season, but be broken. Don't hurt people arbitrarily. Don't speak words that break the hearts of people. Let your words be seasoned. Don't borrow money from people and refuse to obey. And you are living as if, as if nothing is wrong. You see the person, you greet the person, and you don't feel any remorse. You are not broken. Don't cheat people. Don't, don't cheat people. Don't steal from people. It is the spirit of brokenness that will lead to multiplication be broken. Be broken. Husband and wives, be broken. When you say, my responsibility as a husband is to love you, your responsibility as my wife is to submit. You are correct too. You are correct. But the, the beginning of that scripture, the Bible says, submit ye one to what? To another. Why am I talking marriage today? Submit ye. The submission... It's on both sides. Husbandy. eh? I am the man of the house. If you insult me, I am the head of this house. You will fail. The Bible says, submit ye one to another. Now, that husband loves your wives. Wives submit to your husband. It's like breaking it down. Breaking what, what Paul was saying there. It's like breaking it down. But the bottom line is submission from both sides. Brokenness. Psalm 33, verse 18. Brokenness. Brokenness. Psalm 33, verse 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. Verse 19. Verse 19. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Verse 20. Verse 20. Our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, the man that has patience enough to wait for the Lord is that man that is what? That is broken. You can't be in church for 10 years, and we are still begging you to stop sinning, and you come to church every Sunday, whatever they want to say, let them say, it's because you are not broken. It will make God It will make God to be detached from you. The sacrifices of God, they are a broken spirit. He said, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, oh God, thou will not do what? Despise. He said, why is it that in my own life, it's about God is far away from me. Check your brokenness. Why is it that in my life? It's as if things are not happening well. Others are harvesting testimonies and I have nothing to share. Check your life for brokenness. If you pray for 24 hours, it doesn't change brokenness. If you 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 sleep in God's house for 24 hours, it doesn't take the place of what? Of brokenness. The only thing that will make God attached to you forever is what? Brokenness. And when he broke it, when he broke it, bring it up for us. Verse 19 of Matthew chapter 14. The Bible says, when he broke it, what did he do? He gave the bread. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to the disciples. And what did the disciples do? They gave them to what? To the people. So, let's, let's assume there were 12 disciples. I don't know if at this point Judas Iscariot was there, but let's assume... That there were 12 disciples. He broke the bread and gave it to them. Just as we serve communion here. Five loaves of bread. Can five loaves of bread feed us here? To our satisfaction? No. But he broke the five loaves. Gave it to each of the disciples. And they went into the people. And the people began to pick. As they pick. Anywhere they picked from, there was a a replenishing. That was all God was doing. There was no minus. There was no empty space. Just like you pick that that piece of bread during communion, that space you took it from, God will replace it. And that was how he continued. The next person will pick, it will be replaced. The next person will pick, it will be replaced. So do you know the meaning of multiplication? Multiplication is not that God will just be bombarding you, be bombarding you, no. You will be eating, as you eat, it will be replaced. As you pick, it will be replaced. So at any point, there is no empty space. You will be full. Whatever you take, whenever you take healing for your leg, it will be replaced with healing for your headache. Whenever you take the school fees of your children for this term, it will be replaced with school fees for next term. So at every point, that is what God meant when He told Abraham and He said, In blessing, I will do what? I will bless you. While you are enjoying your blessing, another one is coming. People of God, that is multiplication listen, what God is doing with your life is not for you alone it is so that people can eat the five loaves of bread were not for themselves were not for Jesus were not even told if the disciples ate it was people or other people that ate there are some things that God will release into your hand that will not be meant for you, it will be meant for people around you, release it it is as you release that God replenishes. Don't become a pond, a pond that only resists water and never flows. You will soon begin to stink. Be a blessing and be a channel of blessing to people because this season is your season of multiplication. It's your season of multiplication. We will abound, we will spread over the fence. Those that sit in darkness will see great light. They will eat from us. The Gentiles shall come to the rising of your light. You shall not be limited. You shall not be localized. Your blessing will overflow. It will expand. It will swell. And others will take solace under your cover. And the disciples began to share... They began to share. And as the people took, nothing was reduced. Nothing was reduced. It kept increasing. It kept adding up. And they ate. And somebody will finish one. And say, excuse me, Andrew. Can I have one more? And it took. And yet, there was no less. It's not in our days that we share anniversary rice. And some people take two. And it's no longer enough to go around. No in their day. Some took two. Some took three. They had more than enough to eat and they even had leftovers to gather. I prophesy your life will be a life of leftover. You will eat and eat and eat. Others will eat and eat and eat. People that don't know you will eat and eat and eat and they will wonder who is this that we don't even know that is blessing us like this? And yet, when we check your ban, they are still left over. No more luck. No more stress. No more scarcity. No more feeding from hand to mouth because you shall have 12 baskets over. If they had gathered one basket, we would have said, what a miracle. If they had gathered five, we would have said, what a miracle. If they had gathered ten, we would have said, what a miracle. People of God, they gathered twelve. What a mouth-watering miracle. You are no longer the same. For hearing these counsels this morning, you are no longer the same. I am so sure of what the Lord told me. It is our season of multiplication. No more luck. I, if somebody in church says, Ah, I can't pay my school fees, there'll be somebody that will tell Pastor, Don't worry, leave the welfare post for another time. I will pay. You will pay people's school fees, you will pay your children's school fees, you will pay the school fees of people that you don't even know. You shall abound, you shall be satisfied. There shall be no lack in your life. It is your season of multiplication. That is rebooted. That is rebooted. That is rebooted. I am sure somebody like Andrew. Andrew that I have issues with. Somebody like Philip that said it is not enough to feed them. As they were sharing. He will look at his own. It was not reducing. He will look at Peter's own. It was not reducing. He will look at Andrew's own. It was not reducing. Listen. What God will do for me will be more than enough What He will do for you will be more than enough What he will do for her will be more than enough What he will do for him will be more than enough So as I am sharing My own is not reducing Your own is not reducing Her own is not reducing Our own is not reducing And then the house will be flooded with abundance The house will be flooded with increase. The house will be flooded with multiplication. Please, please. Key, key, key. Key into what God is doing now. The house will be an overflow of resources. An overflow of increase. I will not be the same again. He will never ever change. He will remain the same. Nothing can change him. He did it for the seven lepers. He's winning for you now. More than enough. Somebody shout, More than enough. I'm sorry, I've eaten into our time. Give me a few more minutes. More than enough, somebody. I, 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 I refuse to allow you to leave this place today without this experience. I refuse it. I stand in the gap on your behalf and I hold God to account let this heaven let this cloud of multiplication let it be activated I refuse to let you go the same can you pray in the Holy Ghost pray in the Holy Ghost I can't hear you everybody rise on your feet pray in the Holy Ghost Pray in the Holy Ghost. Activate this season over your life. Let this cloud of glory break over your life. Makatuna. Talk to God. I have just three minutes to leave this place. Talk to God now. I am standing here before God and before his people. Until this is done, I like you to pray. Enter into your season of multiplication. If I were you, I would be praying now. I enter, I, enter I enter into my season of multiplication. 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 I enter. I like you to pray. Pray. Don't mind anybody standing beside you. Don't be bothered about people that are looking at you. Pray. with the whole of your heart. Kalima nata. Kalima nata. Kalima Multiplication in your place of work. Multiplication in your business. Multiplication in your finances. Multiplication in the grace of God. Have been having, 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 Now we're through. Hold somebody's hand. Make sure you are holding somebody's hand. If your husband or your spouse is in church, go and meet your spouse. Look for him or her, wherever he or she is. You are in the choir. It's all right. It's alright. Amen. That person you are holding. Listen. is a command you are giving that person. What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Come on, what did I say? Command that person to enter into his or her season of multiplication. I'm not asking you to ask, I say, Command. Say, I command you, Pastor Lawyer, enter, enter. I command you, Pastor Bakari, enter, enter into your season of multiplication. I charge you, enter, enter. Into your season of multiplication. Enter. 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 Good Anita. Good Anita. Enter. 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 Into your season of multiplication. Enter. 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 Begin it Enter. Begin for Enter. Begin as Enter, Mrs. Balogun, enter, Brother Bakari, enter, Pastor Balogun, enter, Dikino Shubu, enter, everybody, Pastor Tolu, enter, Pastor Balanle, enter, everybody, enter, Sister Sophia, enter, Brother Nii, nee. enter, Moses, enter, de la vogue enter everybody enter 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 open the gallery enter 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 They are the circles. Enter The Ogura Enter The Bunny Base Enter Femi Enter Everybody Everybody Brother James Enter Brother Daniel Enter Grandpa Yenuga Enter Dr. Mrs. Abishasso Enter Everybody Everybody, everybody enter Kalaba Senior in the name of Jesus. Lift up your right hand, everybody. I mentioned some names in case I did not mention your name. I don't know everybody. I prayed as I was led. I command you from the greatest to the least, from the eldest to the youngest in this assembly wherever we are online and on site by the power of God by the spirit of God by the prophetic grace of the almighty that is operational here today I command you enter enter into your season of multiplication enter enter Psalmist, enter Instrumentalist, enter Everybody, enter In the name of Jesus Can you shout amen seven times One, two, three, four, five, six Hallelujah! Give God praise in the house. Give God praise in the house.